Welcome everyone to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for downloading or streaming our podcast, taking some time out of your busy life to listen to us. Remember, if you're digging the show, please subscribe, leave us a kind rating, uh, share with your friends, anything you can do to get the Sword Chomp name out there. We have a uh, loot-tastic show today, <laughs> as we will be discussing um, the whole loot box controversy and just loot boxes in general in video games. Uh, some more Cuphead, Shadow of War, I guess is the semi-game of the show, uh, Crash Bandicoot, Stranger Things on mobile, and in our bio-break portion of the show, we discuss an article about insects that bury their dead and why. Um, so it's, it's going to be a really cool show. Uh, but let's get to some quick introductions from the Chompcast crew. Um, joining us today, I guess in line with Shadow of War, I was trying to think of some stupid introductions to give you guys. Uh, one ring to rule them all, Joshua Fowler here from Michigan. How are you doing, Josh? That ring is the butthole. <laughs> it's. We are all slaves to your butthole, Josh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's very powerful. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad you're here today, Josh. Uh, Shay Layton. Speaking our... of brownouts. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's a <laughs> pre-show joke. Um, and that was Shay Layton, our resident biologist and Japanese correspondent. How are you doing, Shay? Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Mm, it's very true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are you con- what are you contemplating this morning, Shay? How excited I am for the second season of Stranger Things, and that's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really stoked on it. <laughs> it's going to be great. You... Hopefully. Uh, yeah. It's it's good show. Not a great show, but a good show. Maybe we can fight about that later. Um, <laughs> I, I tried. Um, but this is not the place. Um, end of, but yeah, thank you for being here, Shay. And up next, of course, from Texas, um, after reaching a moderate level of celebrity status on this very podcast, our next co-host was contacted by the adult store Adam and Eve, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, Because now if you go to your local Adam and Eve adult store, right next to cock moldings of famous porn stars like Jeff Stryker and Shane Diesel, you can find Anthony Fisher's signature 4.5-inch realistic cock molding. Uh, which I hear is actually hey, hey, hey. Been... <laughs> 4.5. Better add about a foot on that. Yeah, That's that the insertable push. length. So Literally, much of that is balls you that you just really... Uh, and add a foot. Yeah. It's, it's just all ball? Is that true, Fish? Are yeah. you all ball? It's all you need, right? I thought that's <laughs> what the ladies wanted. No, you have so much to learn, Fish. So much to learn. Uh, you don't pop your scrotum into somebody, Morgan? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm it's open a to while. a lot of things. It's been <laughs> I, I've kind of fallen off the wagon. Uh, I'll try to get back on. Uh, I'll teach you. Never mind. Never. I'll. Le- no. Why not? If you had that scrotum in there, there's no way you would have fallen off. I just, I'm just can I <laughs> hold you right in there? It's sure yeah. you'd have been anchored in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that that's your trick. Okay, I get you, fish. Mm-hmm. You just anchor yourself in, and then you're you're set for life. Um. That ex- explains a lot. I hope your your wife is okay with that as well. I mean, all these people going out there getting a slice of fish at their local adult store. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yep. They'll never like, leave their woman. Yeah. Uh, I just like the sound of a slice of fish. It just sounds good, rolling off the tongue. That's what I had for dinner. Mmm. Mmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, I am Morgan from Montana, and I spend way too much time thinking about fish's penis. Um, for this podcast, <laughs> I've noticed on a regular basis, I really do spend way too much time um, thinking about your penis fish. But you know what? Um, Let's. It flatters me. It flatters <laughs> me. Yeah. It's it's a memorable four and a half inches. Okay, there's no shame in that. And that was I didn't even include the girth. I want to leave some mystery for people when they go to their local store. So. Um. And we all know girth matters. But let's slam right into it, uh, full pun intended. Uh, so loot boxes is the topic of the show today. And this is pretty interesting, both with Destiny 2 as of late with some loot box controversy, and then now Shadow of War. You know, more people are talking about the loot box controversy with Shadow of War than the actual game to some degree, which is, is interesting. And this has been kind of escalating um, over the past year or two, especially with overwatch and games like that have done it well but anyways loot boxes is the topic of the show so we want to kind of go around here and kind of get our thoughts on it um i wanted to start it off by telling by going over this with you guys because i thought this was interesting when we when we were talking about um making loot boxes the topic of the show the first thing i went to uh, look up was what was the first loot box i was like what was the very first like game that implemented these loot boxes and uh, just from the research, I found out that the first instance of a loot box system was believed to be in this Chinese free-to-play game called ZT Online, um, and the first Western appearance was in Team Fortress 2, way back in the day, 2010, um, which is interesting because, you know, Overwatch ended up uh, kind of going for that Team Fortress thing. Uh, and bring in the loot boxes back with, with style. But here's the interesting one. Shay probably remembers this. The first um, purchasable game, purchasable game is the key word, to feature loot boxes was Mass Effect 3, which I actually, yeah. I didn't remember that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I remember uh, coming along with that multiplayer was the ability to buy some of those loot boxes. And it was, to me, a relatively new um, concept in a purchasable game. Not to say it was the first um obviously one ever as you just cited some other examples but yeah it was it was a brand new concept for me as i'm sure it was for a lot of other people especially with mass effect 3 finally introducing multiplayer into their franchise yes yeah, i didn't try the multiplayer in mass effect 3 so i don't remember what um i, I didn't taste oh, it firsthand you, you missed out multiplayer in that game was a lot of fun and at the time it was um for Mass Effect, it was a fresh con concept. Granted, it basically was firefight mode back when that was when every game started introducing mm. firefight mode into their uh, mm -hmm. repertoire. But <laughs> it still felt fresh somehow to me. The um, what was the what are the? Do you remember? The, I mean, if you don't, that's fine. I, I won't uh, make you go into it too much. But I was just wondering if you remember what the loot boxes were like with Mass Effect. If, if I remember correctly, it was a lot of just uh, um, a lot of just uh, aesthetical things, and then you got some brand new guns as well uh, to use in your firefight mode. Okay, uh, that's how. So, I, if I if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, 
Uh, that's how you okay. just unlock some guns, but I know a lot of it is aesthetical value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time, so I was just curious. But yeah, that's kind of cool. And then, of course, now Overwatch blew it up and, and it's everywhere. But yeah, so how do you guys feel about loot boxes in general? Josh, I mean, I'll throw it to you first. Um, I mean, you're the big Overwatch guy here, and Overwatch probably does loot boxes in a way that's the least kind of dirty and gross feeling. Yeah, I I think the big thing is just what they have in them um, and, and how else you can get the stuff that they offer. That's that's mm-hmm. that's That's the big thing for me. Um, because I mean, just for example, since you brought Overwatch up, it is all the cosmetic stuff. Like it's all skins and uh, um, emotes and stuff like that. None of it's none of it has any impact in gameplay at all. It's all just for fun, mm-hmm. and it's all stuff you can get just by playing the game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can get more of it faster, but it's all it's all stuff you can get from playing the game. Yeah. Which doesn't feel that bad. It actually feels a whole lot better since uh this summer. Um because this summer they actually changed the way their loot boxes work to where um you have a much instead of everything having just the normal chance to drop like it used to have um with Blizzard games, um you have a much lower chance of getting duplicate items now. Mm. Um, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, so your loot boxes end up being stuff you've not seen before much, much more often since this summer, which is really cool. Um, it just it makes them feel a whole lot better than it did. Um, and, yeah. But but like I said, it's something that you can you get loot boxes just by playing the game. Like you get one every time you level up. You get uh, you get some by playing the arcade. Like mm-hmm. every every three wins in the arcade, you get get a loot box. Um, like they they dole them out fairly generously. Um, so you don't feel pressured to buy them, and plus it's just cosmetic. So yes, the the only way I feel pressured to buy them is just that the game's so good that I actually don't mind giving them extra money. Because I mean, it's mm. at this point it's over a year old, and they're still supporting their servers better than most games do is at it? launch. So, uh, do, yeah. Do we really need That's to, the truth. Do we, you're right. But do we need to give Blizzard more money, Josh? I feel like they're just bathing in money at this point. I mean, not really, but <laughs> as long as they get it for the things that they know they should get it for. Because, I mean, they're still raking in money off of WoW. Um, yeah. In Hearthstone is definitely garnering yeah. them a fair bit oh, of money yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. that's another one that... I can't make up my mind on because that one is, in some sense, pay to win. You can, not strictly, not strictly, you can, if you're good at it, you can basically go infinite on the arena because mm-hmm. it it costs like 150 gold to enter. And it is, if you are good enough at it, it is fairly easy to get more than that back out of an arena run. Um, so you pay that, you get more gold back, and they give you a pack of cards. Um, yeah. So so, so okay. if you're good enough at it, it's not strictly pay to win because you can, there are ways to do it without spending any money fairly easily. Um, but uh, yeah, but, but that, that still feels a little bit iffy to me just because you are paying for the thing you're playing the game with. Which yes. feels 
it feels wrong, but I mean, it's one of those things that card games have been doing that for decades at this point. So I mean, what else? Yeah. Well, that's not that's, even really a loop. That's not a loop box, though, really. I mean, that's yeah. a whole different. That's almost a whole different discussion. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, take, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, exactly. Because because they kind of they can't. That genre already had that as kind of a given, but but yeah, I'm still not entirely sold on that because some of the other games that have come out since then have done away with it, like like Netrunner, which is a full set of cards that you can buy and then it has separate expansions oh. where you just go in and buy the entire set. Um, okay. So it's not a random card game. It's not like collectible. You can just, yeah. yeah, you just buy the cards you want. You know exactly what you're getting from the manufacturer. Um, okay. And that's well, also an amazing game, um, which, which doesn't hurt. So, yeah. Certain players out there are trying to find um, new ways to do it. Speaking of uh, loot boxes, uh, Fish, do you have a confession that you'd like to make to the crew here? Oh, what are you talking about here? I, it's funny because I, I remember you telling me a lot of opinions you had on loot boxes back in the day, and especially playing all these mobile games that you know give it. And then I don't know, this game called Destiny Two came out, and they had mm. these loot boxes you could oh. spend real money on. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... The second I saw the Eververse in Destiny 2, um, where you purchase the Bright Ingrams, um, uh, they they offered like buy one or buy three or buy five, I think, and um, yeah, you could buy. You have to buy the in-game currency silver, and it's the only way you could get this currency in the game is to actually buy it. So. Um, yeah, otherwise you just earn the bright ingrams as you level up. <clears throat> so essentially it's it is a loot box and you can you get like things like modifications for your weapons and shaders, uh exotic ships or legendary ships, sparrows, um, or emotes, and that's strictly what that the bright ingrams give you, but mm-hmm. um I decided I just wanted to buy, you know, $10 worth of silver and get me five uh, bright ingrams and open them all up, and it, it was fun. I mean, uh, I, it's like uh, Josh said, like, he wanted to show some support for, you know, a game that he enjoys and uh, respects the developers for continually, you know, uh, supporting their game, and I felt the same way towards Destiny 2, even though it was the first time I actually ran up to the Eververse, which was on the farm, which is pretty early on in the game, but, yeah, I just, I, I just wanted to support Destiny, I guess, with that $10, I just wanted to see how it felt, you know, to just throw 10 bucks down and get me a bunch of uh, items in-game. Yeah. That sounds good publicly, but I think realistically, it's like, oh, I can buy an Ingram? Give it to me. It's like that crack. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's... if if it had, like, exotics in it or, like, legendary no. gear that had, like, high-end, like, uh, archetypes to you know, these different weapons or whatever, um, uh, I may get really addicted to it and I may go broke. Uh... Yeah, and it doesn't, though. So that's the good thing. I mean, Destiny 2 is not too... The only thing that's egregious that people hated about the Destiny 2 uh, loot boxes is the shaders in the game are consumable. So, you know, you're paying for something that you use and then it's kind of gone, which is a little weird. Um, But it's still just cosmetic. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, and, and you can always earn those bright engrams through regular gameplay. I mean, once you hit level twenty, like every time mm-hmm. you level up, like in Destiny One, all you got was modes of light, uh, which you use to level up uh, your weapons at, at the end game level. Mm-hmm. And this time around, you're just getting bright engrams. So, yeah. Um, I mean, you could you can play essentially not for free. I mean, you bought the game, but yeah. Yeah, you can still get all that stuff, and you yeah. don't necessarily have to buy it. It's just for those people who desperately are looking for a shader or a certain emote that they they want to get their hands on as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, I think Destiny handles it really well. So I, I agree. I mean, I just, it just, I think it's amusing how that whole thing turned out. But the shader system sucks. But I don't think that has anything to do with the actual concept of how they treat loot boxes. Uh, speaking of which, Shay earlier this week we were talking about this concept. I remember Shay had some strong thoughts. He was just, he was, he almost seemed kind of irritated that people would get upset about um, loot boxes. Uh, so what's your stance on loot boxes, Shay? Well, first, I'm going to jump back to one of Josh's previous points. I didn't get to quite talk about that. Um, in, in correlation with the card game, uh, the card pack mechanic, I think it would be a good idea for the four of us to kind of come to a consensus if card packs fall under that loot box um i I guess category because i feel like they do and i feel like josh kind of had a good point regarding that because it's it's the same concept it's the same basic algorithm for random loot i think that'd be kind of a good way for the listener to see where we stand because if we're saying that card packs are different than loot boxes why you know well, to me, they're different because loot boxes are generally aesthetical things, whereas card packs are you're getting items you use in the game. You're getting you're paying money to get more of the actual thing you play the game with. And I think that's uh, you're basically just buying more game, uh, which I think is very different conceptually. Most of these loot boxes are just fun, goofy little things. Um, shaders, emotes, things like that. So that's why, for me, there's a big difference. So for me, it's there's a huge difference, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of see it as like almost like DLC. Like you're you're getting new cards and you're changing the way you play. Like say Magic: The Gathering, when you get a new card, like you may want to use some cards that you um, weren't using in maybe like a starter deck where you just bought a starter deck for like fifteen bucks or whatever it costs. And then you find a card that you got out of a, a booster pack, like you want to build a deck around it. So uh, I kind of see it as more like a DLC type of thing. Those card packs, um, where you do, it, it kind of changes up the game a little bit for you. So, um, and, and the person's opting in for that, I guess that random randomness of whatever they're going to get out of it. But okay, so. So with like an instance like Fire Emblem where you're using those orbs to get new characters, is that a loot box or is that a card pack or is that something altogether different? It's that's a good question. I'd say I to me it's closer to a card pack. It's just it's not actually a card, but, there but are it's no the cards. same idea. Yeah. Um I don't know. Are, I think it's I think it should well, all be lumped in the same, man. Because, so the difference I mean, is that Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. It's okay. Uh, you're spending. You're essentially spending money to get more content than what the basic game provides you. Um, with like, for me, a perfect example would be something like Hearthstone or Elder Scrolls Legends, which I'm more familiar with, where 
card packs, you do get more cards, and it is more DLC, but at the same time, they still give you basic cards, and you can still play the basic game with those cards. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be competitive? Probably not. But can you still play the game? Absolutely. So that's where Fish says it's DLC. And to me, it's the same concept with loot boxes. Um, do you need those skins or the emblems? Or in the in the case where like certain games like Mass Effect 3 where you get additional like new guns and stuff like that? No. It doesn't make the game more of a personalized experience? Yes. Um, so I feel like that in itself is also DLC. You look at a game like Oblivion, which was one of the first games to have DLC, and you could buy that castle and you could buy armor for your horse. Was that necessary to the game? No. But did it personalize it? Yes. So for me, I feel like that that should all be lumped into like card packs, Fire Emblem orbs, loot boxes. I think they should all be one category because it's basically monetizing in order for a company to keep the dollar price at the price tag at $60 or at $30 if it's a or $20 if it's a indie I, or a smaller game. I, I think the main difference in all it Josh has some way on this. I don't want to jump in too much, but I think I'll keep it succinct. I think the biggest difference for me is something Josh said. That was an old term we used to see in the gaming industry a lot. It's called pay to win, right? And a lot of free games offer pay to win. A lot of paid games offer loot boxes. Overwatch costs money, right? Destiny costs money. Like, a lot of these um, card games and things like that are free, but you can pay for additional actual game content. So, usually when you see the pay-to-win games, they were games where you could buy more of the things in the game with your money, but most of those games were generally free. And while loot boxes tend to generally be cosmetic or silly or goofy because the game actually already costs money. So, the difference for me is the term pay-to-win as opposed to, it's the gotcha mechanic, that's what they call it. So, that, that's where I stand on it. Okay. No. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, though, it's still, it's still randomized loot in the game that you're paying for. I mean, that's. Exactly. I think that's all it needs to be. I don't think it matters what that is. I think. I think for it to be a loot box, I don't think it matters what that is. If you're getting random content for real money it's a loot box whether it's a card pack exactly. or not because i i feel like the whole idea probably came from a card pack really i mean cuz that's everyone knew what that was you buy baseball cards you buy you know, card game cards that's that has to be where they got the idea for this whole thing i mean cuz people have been buying those for decades it's mm-hmm. it's it's a proven formula i mean so yeah. proven that there are whole genres built around it even without paying for it i mean stuff like Diablo and stuff like Destiny at this point where the whole the whole gameplay loop is just built around you getting random crap. Um yeah. but you can't buy that random crap. You can only buy useless random crap. Yeah, it doesn't matter the yeah, content I mean, though. It matters the 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 mechanic to which you get it. It's that addiction uh, factor which is But then that's all loot at that point. I just No, I don't, no I, that's what I'm that's, saying. That's, that's the point. It's a loot box if you're paying for it. That that's that's it. Like if it's a random know. thing you're paying for, it's a loot box. It's the same algorithms. Mm. It's the same general process. 
and whether or not the contents are the same, whether they that's insane. You, you win just, or not. You're just dismissing the contents. Whether or not the contents are the content, the content of the object is the most important thing. It's the fucking content. But it's, but it's random. Like, I, that's no, the whole point. Not. The point is that it's random. No, it's it's well, not. You can buy specific things in several games. Um, I mean, most most games, if you want a certain DLC, you just go buy that DLC. Even in Oblivion, like you mentioned before, you want the horse armor, you buy the horse armor. Mm-hmm. You don't go out there and buy 18 chances to maybe get horse armor this time. Um, well, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's DLC, but I think Fish was closer to... Uh, I want to say you, that... Anyways, we can just agree The thing that I have against fine. loot boxes um, in uh, right. going forward with I, all this I, I, is I, oh. the fact that uh, these developers are developing what seems like they're kind of upping the, the difficulty and the grind in these games to incentivize you to, hey, you know, you got a long road of grinding here. Um... It w- sure would be helpful, you know, if you bought, like, some uh, loot boxes that can get a better chance at getting, you know, um, some higher level gear that can help you breeze through this content. And I feel like th- some games actually do that. Like, um, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, like, people want to get those uh, those higher level units on their team so they could do more damage and go through some of the content in the game that's a little bit more tougher to get better items eventually. And... Uh, I think that's kind of that's yeah. uh, that's where it gets like morally gray with me where I just feel like it's something it just doesn't sit right with me whenever developers are uh, intentionally developing yeah. their games to make you feel more inclined to spend more money on the game to go through the content that's already there otherwise you know if you decide not to I mean you're you're going to end up you know not having as great of a time or not progressing through the game uh, at a normal pace. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I had that issue with the uh, Fire Emblem Heroes uh, style loot because you could buy, buy orbs or whatever the hell they were to get new characters or you could just play the game normally, and every eight and a half years, you'd have enough to upgrade one of your characters. Um, so, yeah, like, it's not really an option. You, It's not... They eight pretended... Years, yeah, you pretend... <laughs> they the pretended... Well, yeah, exactly. They pretended that it was something you could get through normal gameplay, but it was complete bullshit. Like, the only way to get that stuff was by paying to get it. The only yeah. reasonable way to do that. And that's 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 where I have issues with loot boxes is where mm-hmm. they are they are the optimal way to get stuff like I mean, even even if it's not the optimal way like if it's if you're getting if you're getting something that makes you better at the game that's not okay like which is why I'm not sure how I feel about card games because I I feel like they've gotten a pass because we're just we're used to it at this point but it still doesn't feel great to me. Um, well, you're dancing around the... Go ahead, Chad. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to switch subjects, so I would, I would a lot. I'd, I'd rather you say what you're going to say. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get your thoughts on that before we... I was just going to say, I think the thing you're dancing around, Josh, is that they're free. The The biggest 
um, offenders that we see are usually mobile games and they're usually free because if someone's giving you a free product, they're not making money any other way except you guys feel them as loot boxes. I don't, but that's, I don't want to argue about that anymore. But the point is they're still, that's the only way they're making money. A lot of these card games mm-hmm. uh, and things like, like Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. Fish played that month, that game for like six months. He gave them $1. So he would basically just leech the fucking life out of them. Right. And, and then no. he ran. Oh, they gave it for, to me for free. I played it for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but yet when it came to Destiny, he wanted to support them more by giving them sixty dollars for the game and then ten more free dollars because he's just all up on the Destiny dick, and that's fine. That's fine. I think you should support the people that you care about, which is why I used to give shit for it back in the day because he loved that game and he did not support them, and it made me sad. But the point I'm getting at is that usually free games are the biggest offenders. Yeah, well, yeah, I would go ahead, Josh. They are, and I think that's because they know they're not making money just selling it, so they feel like they have to force you into giving them money. And I think that's the issue. Make shit we want to give you money for. Don't make stuff that we have to give you money for. I think that's the biggest difference. In so many of those games, like, like I said before, it feels like that is, that is the way to play the game, is just shovel money their way. And that's, that's, that's not okay. Mm. Okay, yeah. sure, go ahead. I, I mean, I, I agree and disagree with the, the mobile talk. I mean, I, as everyone knows here, I used to be a really big Magic player back in the day. And that's actually one of the reasons why I quit um, after many years of playing is it's, it's a fun game to play. The opening of the physical pack, the smell, the wrapper, everything, it's an addiction. Um, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to the actual competition... It's it's exactly it. You can you can pay or you can play with what you open from packs or what you get from people who don't want those commons and uncommons anymore. But if you want to be competitive, you have to go out and you have to either get really lucky with your pack draws or you have to go to certain sites to pay a lot of money to get those cards or do really good trades. And I mean that's something that you you can't you can't just free to play. And I think that that mentality is really trickled over into video games in general. And I think I think the biggest issue is for me is like there there are these these two sides competing. First off, I think it's completely asinine for people to complain about loot boxes being in the game and then they still expect the games to be $60 because this is something we've talked about in the past. There's there's no way for a game to be marketable in this day and age if it stays at $60 with the increasing prices of games to produce and make without including those loot boxes or without including some question, questionable DLC that, eh, do I really give a shit? No, but does it make the company more money to stay stable? Yes, absolutely. Um I read this article at PCGamer.com where a bunch of guys were talking about it, and they kind of were going back and forth like we are now, but, I mean, they they were talking about similar things where basically um, a lot of people are complaining, but they're also complaining about the price. And then there was I also read this other article at ExtremeTech.com. is most gamers hate buying loot boxes, so why are games using them? And they basically included this graph from um, Avis Technica that shows the inflation um, of 
or the, I don't know if it's inflation or deflation of games, basically, where when they first came out there, this price, and then they've just dipped over the years, but they stayed the same price. And so the games have become less marketable for developers. But then you look at the second graph where it shows, <clears throat> excuse me, basically um, how much money they're making off loot boxes and stuff like that. And you look at that and you, it makes sense to you why loot boxes are being made. Because unless if, if I'm a brand new developer and I want to make a game, I, it's going to be hard to market like an indie game at $40 because people are going to be like, why, why the hell is it $40? I myself would do that. You know, I'd be like, why is yeah. this six-hour game $40? Because mm-hmm. the rest of the games are 20 to $30. But at the same time, mm-hmm. what, if, if I'm not going to make any money off this game, why am I going to go in and make that game in the first place? So the loot boxes are there to kind of offset that that loss of money by keeping it $60. On the flip side of that, though, there are games like like the sports games when I tried NBA 2K17 last year, or a lot of the mobile games that just constantly throw loot boxes and additional content in your face. It's like, I remember playing like um, NBA 2K17, and after every match, it was like, hey, uh, we see that you lost. If, if you had this character, this team, <laughs> you do better. Uh... Go buy this and it was constant. It was constant, like, microtransactions and wanting you to buy loot boxes. And that goes along with what you guys are saying. I I don't mind that con- that additional content, those loot boxes being there, and those microtransactions okay. being there. If, A, they're not throwing it into my face after every two minutes of playing a game. If, if mm-hmm. it's there and I want it, I'll find it and I'll go get it. Let me know at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game when I first turn it on. And then that's that. And also, yeah. <laughs> don't. It die, looks like don't... you're trying to play a game. Would you like help with that? <laughs> right, exactly. And also, I mean, don't guise the game as something that you can play, but then you get to a certain point and it's like, either I have to pay to play this or I can no longer play this. And mm-hmm. Fire Emblem Heroes is a perfect example where. There, there's a point where the game gets so difficult that you need to get the best characters in the game or pretty close. And if you don't have them completely leveled up and you don't have those characters, you're not getting any farther in the game. I mean, skill will only take you yeah. so far in those games. And that's that's the issue there. And I think that's why so many people are bemoaning these companies with putting these loot boxes in there because they're, as Fish said, making it so difficult to where you have to spend that money and that's that's not cool i mean if you're gonna put your loot boxes in there put them in there but don't make the game so difficult i uh yeah yeah and i i mostly agree with that and i'll just say this and then we can move on and i'll try to keep this fairly succinct but you actually were touching on what i was going to say shay which is i think that this just speaks to the economic nature of the game industry right now like as a whole the reason why this is becoming more of an issue and why you see more egregious offenders like Shadow of War is because of the economic nature of our industry. With more games being traded in uh, and developers, you know, the higher production cost to make video games, like you mentioned, like that's where we are now with especially AAA games. And however we've got here, <laughs> it doesn't matter because that's where we are. So this is a yeah. way for people, you know, they, they're, these are companies that want, they need to make more money so they don't go out of business. Like how many, you know, nice developers do we see have trouble 
uh, staying in business, even with successful games. And it's sad. So I think that this is just right. their way of saying, yeah. I, I saw this one really cool article for, there's this game called Path of, I think it's Path of the Exile. I, I, I might fuck up the name. Path of the Exile or Path of the Exile. But the point is, it's a Diablo clone kind of a thing for PC. And it's, it's a really cool game. Uh, and Path of the, Exile, if I remember correctly, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the developer said, look, like 3% of the millions of people that play this game pay for the other 97%. So, and I think that's okay. You know, like, because they're going to be a hardcore fan base that are going to pay extra. And, and I'm okay with that. As long as the loot boxes stay cosmetic. Once you start giving actual game content, um, that's not cool. And I see if, if I see that personally, when I play a game, I'm just going to lose interest right away. So, um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun to talk about as far as the nice segue goes from loot boxes. The game that is the offender right now is Shadow of War, which uh, has been getting some shit because you can actually get usable. You can get legendary orcs. <laughs> you can get all sorts of stuff from these loot boxes that are actually um, useful in game. So that's why people are upset about this. That's problematic. It, it's, it's a little bit problematic. I agree. Um... But anyways, I went out and rented it. I, I didn't know uh, if you guys had, had any, any history with Shadow of Mordor. Um, obviously, I'm not a big Lord of the... I mean, I enjoy Lord of the Rings as much as the next guy. I hate that phrase. I enjoy it as much as the next guy. I don't know what the fuck that means. Because the next guy seems to be obsessed with Lord of the Rings. But, uh, you know, I enjoy it a fair amount. I enjoy the films and I've read the books, but it's not like, an, you know, I'm not super deep into it. But I've heard so much about the Nemesis system in these games and how revolutionary and interesting it is that I wanted to give it a shot. So that's why I went out and rented it. And I spent about 10 hours with it just so I could talk to you about it with you guys um, before losing interest. And <laughs> and uh, uh, the Nemesis system is really cool. That is, that is the highlight of the game, which mm. is basically, if you don't know what it is, um, when an enemy kills you in the game, they basically promote and it becomes like a personal vendetta kind of thing. So... They've taken the um, the concept of death uh, and turned it into an interesting gameplay mechanic. For example, cool. this, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. For example, Orc A kills you. Let's say he's Gold the Beastmaster, and he kills you, and then he promotes and he gets stronger, and maybe his name changes to so and so whatever the Beastmaster. So and and it becomes this cool thing where it's like wow, it's like um. Uh, storytelling, it's, ah, God, the word is escaping me now, but it's basically like when storytelling presents itself within the gameplay mechanics. And it's... it's meta? Just... What did you no, say? No, that's not meta. It's like when when storytelling basically presents itself within the gameplay mechanic itself. It's systematic. Um, um, yeah, let's go with that. Um, but it's really cool. Like, yeah, when you kill, like, as soon as I dropped, I'd never played the game before, so like, as soon as I dropped in the game and got through the first cutscenes, which are pretty, like, if you've re researched this game at all, you'll know that the story is being universally panned right now, and it's it's awful. It's like painfully <laughs> bad. Um, there is a sexy spider woman. Uh, there was a giant spider that turned into a sexy woman. <laughs> that was like the highlight of the. Uh... Oh, of course. It it just doesn't make any sense. Like it starts off with a guy hammering a ring, and they're spouting off a bunch of bullshit, and then you know there's a sexy spider lady, and for some reason there's like a ghost guy who like takes over it picks up right after the first game so if you've never played the first game yeah good luck remembering that um, huh. <laughs> uh, it's 
it's it's you know it's bullshit but that's irrelevant people don't play these games for the story um generally speaking from the people i've been following in a lot of podcasts and stuff like that the the reason shadow mordor was so cool was the actual open world gameplay and the um a nemesis system uh the storyline was just kind of was you know passable serviceable but yeah, yeah. The, the nemesis system is cool it is it is really interesting to have like the enemies that kill you um, take on a whole nother life. You build these little storylines in it, like, oh, fuck, that guy killed me. I'm going to track him down. And if you kill someone that killed you, they usually drop better loot as they get stronger, obviously. Um, they they had these big speeches. I know Shay played the first game, but, like, when you run into a guy who's, like, a captain or whatever, he'll give you a big speech, like, ah, I'm going to fucking rip your head off, motherfucker. You know, like, they had these big, long, voice-acted speeches they give you before you fight him and stuff. So um, they they try to infuse them with enough personality considering it's all randomly generated like it's a system everything under there is just a randomly generated system uh that kind of feeds into itself with all sorts of wrinkles and that's it's it's really really cool um interesting i like that it gives a little bit of purpose to grinding in a way because i mean if you're grinding just to like like old olden time games where you just grind so you can beat a boss <laughs> You know, the I mean, old just... time games. Yes. Back Pong? in my day, we had to fight the same enemy for six hours. Um, well, that's Cuphead. It's... Yeah, true. <laughs> but um, back in olden times, two weeks ago, um, it it didn't really give a purpose to grinding other than just for. I don't want to say for grinding's sake, but just so you could just beat the next boss to grind more to beat the next boss but if i mean if you feel like a personal vested interest in grinding because this this guy beat the crap out of you and you want to defeat him because your honor is at stake you have pride your ego is there there's a little bit more to Mm. that grinding there there there, there's an yeah there's an extra layer of emotion and i like that and i I, that's one thing that's one thing i i've i've really enjoyed about the this this ip or this series so far i think that's a really really good way to infuse fresh life into the dying mechanic yeah well and the only reason the, the first game was a, a such a big hit was the nemesis system and nobody's copied it yet which is really weird because i would hmm. love to see this brilliant system in a better game because the actual game <laughs> itself is like it's like me and um rich meister is a good friend of ours who works for destructoid uh, he's been a guest host. We were talking about this yesterday. He, he's like, yeah, it's like they plucked everything out of a 2013 open world Ubisoft game. And it's so fucking it accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like the combat is the most like Assassin's Creed Batman thing. You just kind of press this button to counter. You, you leap over enemies. It's it's the the world is very generic and simple, but it's got all the little icons on the map. It's it's so boring to me. Like everything about it is so boring except the nemesis system is really cool so hopefully one day like can you imagine if a game like destiny had that or like some badass like um cabal leader like changes after he kills you and you have to try and hunt him down like if you put this system in a good game no offense to the people that create shadow of more or, or shadow of uh war yeah. much respect to game developers but yeah. what if you put this in a good game <laughs> like yeah. hopefully, hopefully you list a good game in this podcast yeah, Destiny in particular, though, because of the whole light wow. thing going on there. Say, for example, at the end of this game, somebody else is blessed with the light of the Traveler. 
mm-hmm. an enemy for the next game or something. Yeah. You don't ever really kill anybody because of that. It could be that could work. Mm. Something along those lines. Yeah. Like anytime yeah. anything kills you. I mean that that could be really cool. Yeah. But yeah. It's a fun mechanic. There's little hooks to it, like, uh, it's a good point, Josh. Like, there's things like when you kill a guy, like, the weird things will happen, like, he'll be about to die. Oh, here's the funniest one I saw. So they all have little attributes, right? And you sometimes you don't know what they are until you're fighting them, unless you do a lot of intel. But you know me, I was like, I don't want to scout all these guys and find their intel. I don't give a sh- That's not how I play video games. I'm like an idiot. I like to run in there and be brash. And um, so, like, a lot of it I would figure out while I was doing it. Like, my favorite one was... Um, some of them get enraged by mortal wounds and stuff like that, which means if they're about to die, they get like way stronger and more angry and like, ah, and you're like, fuck. And it's just a randomized thing. Right. But my favorite one was this guy who was enraged by acrobatics. So <laughs> <laughs> like I, I did the little press X to vault over him and it said enraged by acrobatics and he got really mad at me. And I was like, what the fuck? man? Like there's some funny shit. There's one that like this guy who was like, um, he doesn't like carnies. Yeah. <laughs> there was one, this guy was like uh, vulnerable to flies or something. Like he gets sick around flies. So I was like, is there like a flies nest or something I have to hit around this? Like there's just some goofy shit in the game, but that, that stuff's cool. It's, it's like fun. I, goofy. I feel like that acrobatics thing could be a reference to the Hobbit because one of my biggest complaints about the movies was that the, the dwarves were like flying around like Lucha Libre warriors mm-hmm. and wrestlers just <laughs> Fucking slaying orcs like by leaping around them. I was like, dwarves don't do that shit. <laughs> and I feel like that was a big complaint in those movies. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of a stab at that. Maybe. Wait, I don't know. Dwarves what? don't do that? Like, are you like a dwarf expert? Like, how do you know? I am a dwarf aficionado. Yeah. In fact, they are generally the toss E. <laughs> well, that's, true. that's a they stereotype. That's a, common, that's a common stereotype that I would like to see abolished in the dwarf world. <laughs> They can do just as much tossing. I feel I like dwarves are just so misunderstood. They they really are. People like Shay are out there slamming their good name. Um, uh, actually, they don't leap. Yeah, I know. There's probably some sort of like Tolkien uh, bibliography or something that gives you all the information. Uh, on. Th- there's actually something called the Cimmerillion, which really delves in. It's like, imagine like... George R. R. Martin infuses, and this is very tangential, so it'll be quick. He infuses a lot of history into his world, and there's a lot of description. And so that turns off some people who read those books. But it endears most people to those books who want that detail. The Cimmerillion is mm-hmm. literally all that all that like history, all that description in yeah. one giant book. Where it gives you the history mm. of where... like. The Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit happen. It gives you like backstory. It makes it makes yeah. a universe. Like this one book Where they makes the Lord of the Rings yeah. from Basically, a story into any, a universe. Yeah, anything that is touched on just briefly at all in any of his other Lord of the Rings books mm-hmm. is in there. Like the actual the actual thing that's being referenced is yeah. in this gigantic right. history book. So if I um, want to learn about Hobbitville, I can just. Go to the back of the book under Hobbitville, and it'll tell me all about Hobbitville. Yeah, yeah. It's just, not, it's, there's instead not of being the main text, glossary, it's, it's yeah. yes. Oh. Well, there's probably not a Hobbitville either. I was just being there. Stupid. There is actually in the back of the Lord of the Rings. God there's damn like it, a, is there? There's like a hundred page oh. index at the end I of you it. Said there was a Hobbitville. I was in, like, in, yeah. in 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 the like yeah. In addition to the, well, it's called Hobbiton. Uh, 
Okay. All right. That's that's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to you want to you want to go? Here? Let's go, here, baby. I'm no, but I'm just kidding. In, yeah, in all seriousness, Cimmerling is just like this very okay. It's so cool. That's one of the reasons why oh. so many fans get so fervent about this is because there is so much lore there. Mm. I mean, J.R.R. Tolkien fervent. really cared about his story so much that he, like, things that seem almost innocent and not, like, not important at all mm. had a very big story to play, and that, that was demonstrated by this book, but Enough of that. I, it's too bad they didn't. Yeah, I, I believe that as ludicrous as the story is, it's how you tell it. Oftentimes in video games, that makes it you can sell it because a lot of video game storytelling yeah. is fucking ridiculous. But you can sell it um, with your execution, and the execution is very bad. In fact, the uh, the main character in this game kind of looks like what's the guy from Lord of the Rings? Um, Aragorn is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Is he a like Dunedain warrior? The main character remember. in. in yeah, the character in this game, his name's like Tillian or something. His uh, he looks like Aragorn's uh, pedophile cousin. If I had to, like, just dis- <laughs> all right. Is is he a Dunedain warrior? <laughs> the main character. Uh, I don't know what a Dunedain warrior is. That's what Aragorn is. No, I don't. I don't think so. He's just. I don't. You know what? Who would fucking knows? He's a guy with a sword, and there's there's a ghost Someone guy who played that the makes... game. No, it's nonsense. It's all nonsense. Um. But the Nemesis system is cool. In summation, I will say, uh, and that after spending ten hours with it, the I'm sure the Nemesis system gets even deeper and cooler. But I got bored of it because, like, eventually it was just like, okay, I'm gonna kill a guy, I'll kill a guy, and then a guy's gonna walk over and kill me, and then he'll get a little stronger, and I'll kill him and get loot, and that's it. Oh, speaking of which, fish, the game does have a loot system, which I was surprised by. Um, but it gives you an appreciation for games like Destiny that do a really good job with loot because uh, the, the way you look at your loot in the game is very it doesn't feel very epic. It's like the presentation of the game is kind of like clunky, like sterile Ubisoft. Like when you're going through the menus and like, but you do actually get loot. Like when you kill enemies, you'll get daggers that are like, uh, like orange and purple and stuff like that. So that is kind of cool when you kill a guy. Yeah, that does sound cool. I just wish that they executed it a little more. You know, I wish that when I found a new sword, it wasn't like, oh, this sword has one extra line on it. It was like, oh, this sword looks really cool, you know? Um, but, you know, that's how they roll. Anyways, it's all right. The Nemesis system is fucking incredible. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to stick with every all the other mediocrity uh, any longer than I have to. And so I tapped out after about 10 hours. I have a question, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, so if, if this was, like, very similar game, but it was Game of Thrones instead, how would you feel? Well, if the Nemesis system, instead of it was like orcs, was like something interesting, because I mean, an orc is pretty lame. Um, but let's say they did it in Game of Thrones, and it was like the different houses, like uh, there's the Greyjoys leaders or something like that, depending on where you were at. And the story was executed war. I could maybe stomach the other mediocre things, um, but like at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself why. You know, if the game's not fun to play, then why are you doing it? So. And the game is just yeah. I I feel like just part of it is like what we all kind of gravitate towards. Like I I've played a few Lord of the Rings games in the past, and most of them are pretty shit, to be honest with you. 
The Two Towers was a very good game, actually, surprisingly. But I played, like, the War... Yeah. What is it? Like, that RTS game. I think it's War... War of the North? I don't remember. I don't even remember now. But well, it was what, just hmm. such a... It was such a game. Such a bad game. I couldn't even stomach it. And I love Lord of the Rings. But... I feel like if a Lord of the Rings comes game comes out, and even though it's mediocre, I'm going to be a little more forgiving than something like another game franchise that, or a, a media franchise that I could care less about that um, is mediocre. And I feel like that's kind of the, the same way with an, any one of us. So I feel like for you, Lord of the Rings is not something that you are super keen on. Um, however, the mediocrity was not it was too over, too overwhelming. But if it was a world you cared about a little bit more, like anyone else, myself included, I feel like that would have pulled you through a little bit more. Like if it was like someone maybe, who maybe, really yeah, cares I mean, about that's... Star Wars, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree with your principle. I will just say that there are Game of Thrones games that I also don't like. And there, there's never been a good Game of Thrones game, so they're all bad too. So Telltale's. No, Telltale one is not. It's, it's okay. Um, and it's all bullshit it's, fan It's fiction, good. So. It's not great. It's good. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll settle with that. that. It's good. It's good for a game that isn't really, you know, uh, we don't have to go down that road. But um, anyways, there's some people out there that are really enjoying this, so props to them. And like you said, if you're a huge Lord of the Rings fan, um, the Nemesis system was cool to experience. I never played the first one, so I would love to see that in a better game. Uh, we are also continuing to play Cuphead, me and Josh and fish um continuing let me empathize that me and josh and fish and not shay are continuing to play cuphead <laughs> wait hold on i don't think that was clear me and fish and josh and josh and fish and i <laughs> god damn it <laughs> um any sort of residual thoughts you guys have on cuphead josh i know you finished the game um hmm you, you, you want to know what that's thoughts. like? No, that's Josh's thoughts on Cuphead. Hmm. How, how's that? Hmm. Fish, yeah. you got anything you want to add to that? Maybe a, huh? Um, no, okay. just... That's it right just, there. Stop. Uh... Um, um. Huh? <laughs> um? <laughs> uh. <sighs> yeah, I'll finish it off with a sigh. Yep. <sighs> All right, that's Cuphead. Um, no, no, no seriously. Uh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, 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 I really enjoyed it. It's uh it's it's really good. It's it's really good. Um I still feel like it's in need of one more post lodge patch to kind of fix a couple issues here and there that they mm-hmm. really need to iron out, but other than that it is it is solid. It is so good. So good. So good, uh, uh, so mm-hmm. good. I don't know what that song is, but I hear it in my head when people say that. You don't, you, oh. you don't know who James Brown is. Uh, uh yeah, it sounds familiar. Okay, uh, that's about all I can give you. Okay. Uh, um, well, that's cool. So you beat it, and you were tried a little bit on expert. Um, and you are really fish. You, I uh, see, your Steam account says you last played it four days ago. Because, you know, as our host, I creep on everyone's accounts see what they're playing uh, just for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah um but yeah you still trucking away cuphead um i plan to yeah 
like you said, I haven't played it these past few days, but um, mm. you kind of enraged me earlier this week with your talk <laughs> about about Cuphead. I think you enraged us all with the fact that you were, you. I guess you were just getting real pissed off at the fact that you couldn't progress through this uh, game, and you know, it, you were just starting to talk a lot of shit on the game, and uh, I just felt like I had to kind of defend it because. You know, even if even because it's because it's such a hard game, the fact that you can't go through it doesn't mean you have to down it for not letting you progress through and see more of the content uh, in the game. So, like, you were going through the whole game, you know, on simple and experiencing the bosses, but in simple mode, they, they lock away, like, a whole nother form of the boss, and uh, that's just no way to go. I mean, like some of those last forms of those bosses are like the money maker of that. It's it's the best part of that boss fight, essentially, mm-hmm. and of course they're also very tough. It's the money shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny that you were quick to defend the game's difficulty, um, and yet I have since surpassed you in the game by completing all of the second world, and you have fallen yeah, behind my back. <laughs> behind my back. What did you think? I just gave up and I was just gonna let it. Uh huh. That's what it sounded like. To be fair, the funny story behind that is I had sort of. Okay, so I had basically kind of given up, and I was enraged at the difficulty. Um, and then I, me and my uh, girlfriend played uh, the two-player mode, so I got to try that, and that's fucking. Oh my god, that'll give you a fucking migraine because there's like a cuphead and a mugman jumping around. On top of all the other shit. And, like, you keep thinking your character is the other character because they look the same except they're slightly different colors. And, like, so you get, like, you get a brain fuck and then... But you can heal each other, so that's cool. Like, if you if you die, you can parry their dead body as it floats away and they come back with one health. So I'm sure if I could play mm-hmm. with Josh or Fish online, which we can't, which sucks, we could revive each other constantly and it would be really intense and satisfying. Um, there's a lot of things we do that are really intense and satisfying. But, um... In general, with Cuphead, the thing that I don't know why I, I didn't even have a good I didn't even have a good hook on that one. Like sex. Like <laughs> um, but so the thing that was frustrating me the most. So I have one big issue with the game, um, and that is the parry system, which I started it's too to hard for you. It it is not too hard for me. I I will agree. I will admit that my patience had run pretty short, and it's kind of a miracle that I got back into it. What happened was, I acts when I was showing my girlfriend the game. I basically had given up, right? I was showing her one of the bosses that was kicking my ass, and I accidentally parried something in my panic that I didn't know you could parry. Now everything in the game is is pink that you can parry. That's color coded, and some people who are colorblind have been having a lot of issues with this game. Um, but whatever, that's you know, a yeah. small sl- group of people. But the interesting thing is, I parried something that you would not think you could parry. And there was another object later on that I started messing around with that was borderline purple that I could parry. And I started realizing that there were things that you could parry that were kind of breaking the game's... <sighs> I don't want to go into specifics because I don't want to give... Are you colorblind? A- is that what's I- going on here? I... So I've not can, seen anything that wasn't pink. I mean, there's I can tell you different varieties of pink. Well, that's like, what, at the, that's at what the she very said. beginning, it's like all 
like magenta, magenta, like bright fucking pink is all the stuff that's parable. But yes. as it goes on, it gets there more and more close to the rest of the colors. But there's something crazy. I'll, I'll tell you off air, and it does fluctuate. There's a couple things out. I don't want to tell Fish and Shay because I don't want them to know um, what these things are. I want them to experience it for themselves. Um, okay. Especially that's Fish. Fair. Now that Fish has talked so much shit, I am just gonna rub this in his face every fucking day. Mm-mm. No, I'm beating it tonight. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not Let's it. end this podcast now. I'm <laughs> jumping on Cuphead, and I'm beating it tonight. You know, you that's know, impossible. Right? Fish, if you left right now, I would 100% support that. I mean, to go beat yeah. Cuphead. But oh, he's just trying okay. to get you to leave. Did you hear that? that? <laughs> if you left right now, I'd 100% huh. support that. That is just rude. Hmm. You're, right, you're, I'll, you're see, I'll see you guys later. As per trying usual. to silence the minority vote. to the topic. Um. Yeah. Anyways, I can get specific off air. The parry system is a little. It's a little. It's a little iffy because once I realized there were some things I could parry that changed the game, and uh, it got a lot easier for me. And I got better at parrying. I also purchased some new weapons that made it easier. So you have to really grind those coins out. On you know how fish. I know you hate those running gun levels. Oh, there's one you do halfway upside down that's gonna make you cry mm-hmm. your little four inch pecker off. And oh no! Four I and a half. One. Four and a half. Don't you take that half inch yeah. from fish? Yeah. What Give the hell are you thinking, fucking... bro? Damn it! Yeah. Just lie and say it's eight. <laughs> <laughs> Why you always lying? <laughs> but yeah, I, st- I I love. I think the thing that pulls me back to that game is that even when I tell everyone that I'm fucking done with it, god damn it. Um, even when I tell everyone that I'm done with the game, I uh, I keep coming back to it because it's just. It's uh, it's very addictive, very well made, and the art style is incredible. So, um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to say on Cuphead before we move on? Because we probably won't get to talk about it too much. Um, sh- I mean, just quickly, we keep talking about the art style. The music is amazing in that game. I don't feel like we've really yeah, touched it on is. that. God damn it! It's so good. It's so good. I feel like the art is so unique and kind of distracting because it's so unique that. Yeah, the music is amazing in that game. We never really touched on it last week. So, yeah. Just wanted I, to bring that up. I don't think the music is amazing, but I respectfully disagree. I think that it's impeccably well done, but listening to it makes me want to kill myself because it's like this 1930s, like... It's perfect for the game. You're judging great music. Uh-huh. First of yeah. all, one one tantric He doesn't listen to anything that doesn't have a double bass. From my childhood. And <laughs> okay. someone screaming. Those are if, true. if it doesn't have those two things, it's bad music. <laughs> I, if it doesn't I, have generic five finger death punch vocals, I, he's not about it. Okay, that's for people listening that is not true. <laughs> I do not listen to that shit. <laughs> um but but Yeah you do. Well played. Well attempted. <laughs> Fish? God damn it, fish. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will... I have some low blows. You shut your four and a half inch mouth, fish. <laughs> well, his, ma- his mouth might be wider than his dick. Um, <laughs> whoa, you whoa, said whoa. he had a wide I'm dick. Cocaine size. Well, that'd be pretty wide, honestly. Mouth's that was open. supposed to be a surprise for the uh, consumer. Yeah, well, it's, you know, not specifics. I'm just giving them a ballpark. Uh, or somewhere they can park their balls anyway <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> uh i had to do it there so yeah no i i think the music is incredibly well done i'm not 
I'm not a crazy person. It's just, it's also hell when you hear it 80,000 times because you keep dying on the same boss. So, uh, yeah, well, what kind of music would you want in that then? I'm not saying I, I the he wants five finger death punch. It can be fitting and still unenjoyable. Like people don't like the the sound or music in horror games usually because it's very intense and screeching or scary, right? But that doesn't mean it's not fitting. It just means they don't. It's not pleasant, or they don't enjoy it. Um, I don't know. It's well done. It's well done. It's hey hey. I'm with you with you know not really digging you know 30s big band jazz type of uh, yes. bands out yeah, there, yeah, yeah. but. Like I have a deep appreciation that they they decided to go and put that in. Like it it'd be crazy for them to put anything else in there, you know. Um, they could have maybe done like some weird sixteen bit type of track. Um, yeah. But no, I mean it's it's perfect. It fits the vibe of that game so perfectly. Uh, it it adds to its presentation in a way that I, I don't think any other music would have fit at, at all. So. Um, that's where my appreciation appreciation for that music comes from. Yeah, yeah, I agree with every word Fish said. But appreciation and enjoyment are two different things. Um, so, and if people can't separate the two, then what the fuck kind of world are we living in? What the fuck kind of world are we living in? One where Fish's explain Fish's explanation is much better than yours. That's the world we live in. You just don't like yeah. my explanation. Stop shitting on Cuphead. Because you're brash and you're rude. I'm not rude. I'm just saying it's fucking like... Okay, if I was getting molested by the devil in hell, this is the kind of music I would hear. It doesn't mean that it's not... Exactly, that's rude. That's rude. That's fucking rude. Yeah. Well, the issue issue here is he can't get to the devil in hell. He's been trying for weeks at this point. Fish, don't you dare. Don't you dare, Fish. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Fish at least started on regular, buddy. This is not where you start. It's where you finish. Did you hear that really obnoxious clicking sound I made? <laughs> uh, speaking of finish, um, let's... Well, actually, no. No, let's not finish just yet. Um, I kind of wanted to do our quick our quick bio break. It's a, it's a interesting little topic, as we usually go into on the show here with our little um, science portions where we... Where we are, biologist Shay will bring to us an interesting topic to kind of break it up um, before we get into the roundup. So, Shay, what is the bio break topic for today's show? Well, um, we kind of decided it at last minute, but thankfully we had time to read it. Is the um, that ants, bees, and termites all have a more complex system to their dead? than once previously thought. Um, When an ant or a bee or a termite of their colony die, are deceased, and it's a very fresh um, death, they move quickly. Um, Each colony moves quickly to dispose of the dead. Um, It was previously not known why they do it, but scientists have theorized and figured out that basically they do this because of pathogens and diseases, and they don't want to, that to move and spread quickly through the colony. So they actually have, have these like undertaker uh, workers that 
um, as soon as they figure out that something is dead, like one of the members, um, especially with termites and bees, they grab the dead by the mandible and drag them out of the colony completely. Well, the bees do. The termites actually bury them, um, the dead, into their mounds um, mm. themselves. Same with ants. And if they're if they happen upon a member that's been dead for an hour or so, they even move faster than they do with the fresh kill because they really don't want their um, colony to be infected with a pathogen. And I think the thing that I found the most interesting is actually uh, the queens of the colonies will even do that themselves. It was previously thought that queens just lay there and mate, and then pop out a bunch of eggs, a bunch of babies. And that they're finding that that's not true, that the queen will actually, if, if it comes to survival and it comes to preventing those pathogens from being spread, she will actually herself remove dead if she has to. Mm. Um, if like the colony is just first starting out and one of her co-producers ends up dying... She'll herself get up and get rid of that um, dead because it's it's basically survival of her colony and she realizes that. And that was super, super fascinating to me because all my life growing up, and I'm sure you guys remember this from elementary school biology, we were taught that ants and uh, bees, basically the, the queens just kind of sit there and make babies. Bee, bees are a little bit more complex. They'll go out and do a little bit of pollinating um, as her as her babies are hatching and growing, but um, for the most part, they just shoot babies out. And mm. that that is, a, to me, a huge finding, because that just adds even more complexity in this community of insects. So, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting to me because I never really thought about the concept of... So so death is fascinating to me um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but as a concept that people... I never really thought about... I always thought of burying the dead as being more of a... Um, I always thought of burying the dead as being more of a... What's it? Like, um, God damn it, I'm sorry. My, my brain's dying on me. But more of like a, a process... Human? Ritual. You, okay. God. You're looking my, for the word human? You my, forgot my, what those were? Religious? No, no. My 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 brain rarely dies like that, uh, but uh, rich, ritualistic. Hmm. I always thought of being death and burying the dead being more ritualistic, but this goes to show that even probably to a degree with humans, the idea of burying the dead, both for getting it back into the ground purposes, but more importantly, keeping the the, the gross dead people <laughs> from spreading disease is is important. But I I never really thought about it. it's very obvious, but like it, articles like this are interesting to me because it just goes back to the core nature of sometimes why we do those things. Um, yes, they are ritualistic, but there is a reason why uh, people started doing that. And uh, right, yeah. th- there exactly. was... <laughs> I, st- I think it's really just to prevent ant hauntings, because as many of them as there are, if you let that oh get out God. of control, they'll run the place fairly, fairly soon. You just, uh, you got to nip that in the bud. <laughs> ghost, ghost just, yeah, take take care of those tiny little ant corpses before they, before they pile up on you. Man, that's a good point. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be cute. That'd be a cute. A ghost ant would be pretty adorable. I'm not going <laughs> to. It really would. Wearing a tiny little sheet. <laughs> a sheet. Just, just the cutest. 
Uh, the, the one part of the article that I thought was interesting was that there were these um, ants that like rescue wounded ants. So there, and, and there's some colonies, there's like paramedic ants that come in and find the wounded and take them back and until um, they can heal, which I thought was fascinating that even uh, animals deal with like a paramedic sort of like tactics. Because uh, the article splits, it's from uh, nationalgeographic.com if anyone wants to go look it up. It's called Queen Ants and Other Insects Bury Their Dead. Here's why. And they split off the article into like ants, bees, and termites, and like Shay said, how they put them into the, the ground. So it was just fascinating to see. Um, I'm always interested in uh, the sort of mystery of how uh, insects and animals and, and things like that react because we don't know. I mean, we are observing them, but we're still just making uh, our best uh, our best guess at what's happened. That's true. That's true. And I think one of the other things I forgot to mention um about the article that i found interesting is that the when they have to remove some of the dead um i think i'm spacing it now i'm really sorry it's either bees or termites they'll actually chop up the dead like they'll they'll pull apart body parts and they'll remove them by body part and i was just thinking to myself Man, what if what if humans had to do that? Like, there's there's a situation where we were just really confined. There's this this like colony of humans in like the subterranean area because they never escaped and they somehow survived here. There's enough oxygen getting through and enough food to, and water to survive down there. And they had to chop up these humans and get them through these small tum- tunnels. And how morbid would we find that in in our in, with our moral compasses, yet that's just perfectly normal to animals, and that's super interesting. And it, um, it'd yeah, be like, I, like, hey, fish, uh, Shay, I'm gonna shove a uh, fish's head in my mouth, you grab fish's lower torso, mm-hmm. let's kind of shimmy him in here. Yeah, you gotta cut me, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's just, it's just so fascinating, <laughs> fascinating that. Um, that these rituals exist, you know, it made me think of Tibetan sky burial, um, which is like when a, a family member or a friend or a person of the tribe dies, they actually haul this person up to the mountain areas of Tibet and they skin the human. Um, they, they remove the skin, they remove all the vital organs of this dead person. And then they, they're like, you know, they put the organs in one area, they put the skin in another area, and then they leave the body with the muscle uh, and the tendons and ligaments and all that stuff on the body. And there are these giant vultures that are um, comparable to humans in size, like with wingspan. And these vultures, this is all they eat, are uh, these dead humans. So they come and just converge on this body, and they pick it clean, like 100% clean. And then... uh as as um that's done the 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 villager just sit there and watch this and then when it's completely done they take the bones back with them back to the village and then they have multiple days of just this um just appreciation and this kind of reverence for this human being who existed in their tribe and provided for them and was a part of this community and it's so interesting to hear that animals, maybe maybe they're not having little ant powwows or bee seances or anything like that, but just that they're like one or two levels below that. 
You know, they have a system for that, and there's a ritual there, and there's a purpose for it. And yeah, it's so interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's cool. Interesting stuff. Well, uh, thanks for the article, Shay. That's a pretty cool thing to think about, honestly. And as we kind of segue here to the end of our show, um, I wanted to, we have about 15 minutes left, and I wanted to kind of go around, catch up with everyone about their week, a couple minutes apiece here. And Shay, I'll throw it to you first because you played a, you crammed a couple of little games into your week as well with Crash Bandicoot and the Stranger Things mobile. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still working on the YouTube, man. This is taking way longer than I thought it was going to. And I apologize. I'm a little over halfway done now and I should be able to get it knocked out by mid next week for sure. I thought I was going to be able to get it all done this week, but, um, it's a little, it was a little too presumptuous, but yeah, I was, I was able to, I found, I don't know why I was on one of the social media sites. I think it was Twitter on our sword chomp Twitter. And I saw a posting of like, this fan made a 2D version of Crash Bandicoot, and it's an alpha mode. And I was like, what? And then it said, come try the demo. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. I like Crash Bandicoot enough. And the graphics are very much look like they're an alpha, but the mechanics feel exactly like an actual Crash Bandicoot game. The music is spot on, and they... The guy actually infused a little bit more into the music because I know Morgan will appreciate this. Um, there's some double bass patterns in the music with it still being like that tropical oh, crash bandicoot feel. <laughs> yeah, damn it. I, I'm not kidding though. I'm I'm being dead serious. Really, there are double bass patterns in it. I, <laughs> I wasn't I, kidding I, about that. Um, and the music's actually really awesome, and it feels very much like a Crash Bandicoot game. Um, being inserted into the 2d platforming world it's a ton of fun there's only three three levels um i was playing the third level right before we started the podcast it's it's you can definitely tell it's a passion project um of the person who made it uh do you mind so. if i why weren't, weren't the 2d portions of the crash bandicoot levels like the most least interesting part of the levels like why would you want to build an entire game around the least interesting part of Crash Bandicoot, which is already a B-level platformer. I should shit on you. So where are we going to find a new host? <laughs> For real. You have your opinions. I'm not going to bite. Um, no, actually, I enjoyed the 2D portions of it. Like in the, in the first game, when you're going on those... Uh, those little side-scrolling levels. I love those portions of the game personally. And I think it's just just trying to infuse something new into the Crash Bandicoot world. Um, we saw Sonic go back to 2D with Sonic Mania, and it was a hit. I think he was just for fun trying something new, you know, taking two things that he loves and kind of just smashing them together, which is a topic we actually talked about a few months ago. It's like we could take a vi- video game, greenlight a brand new version of it, but... combine it with something else like take two games that we love and combine them maybe this is his thing like where he loves 2d platformers and he loves crash bandicoot yeah it's fascinating instead of props to him instead of yeah 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 yeah. so if anyone wants to check that out it's called crash intense excuse me crash intense adventure demo hold on josh is getting his pen Mm -hmm. you writing this down josh intense Adventure. Okay. 
Yeah. He wrote it in the in the air with his eyes. I could tell. But um the Is other game I actually not played how was you guys it? write things. No, no. Okay. No. Shit. I make my trained monkey write everything down for me. Okay. All right. I, I, I don't know what things are normal human things and what things are, you know, side effects of the possession at this point. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Ah. Well, one thing that normal humans do is they have little ghost ants floating around in their apartment or house. Uh. Okay. I've got that, though, so... You're just confusing me now. Yeah. I oh. thought she, I thought Shay was going to have oh. a sick segue. I thought he was going to say <laughs> I thought Shay was going to say, you know, one thing normal people do is they use their phones. And I'm playing Stranger Things on mobile. I was like, "Damn, that was a sick segue, son." No, I'm not well, that. Let's just go from there then. <laughs> no, it's Yeah, I can't I can't even think of a segue. Anyways, uh Per Morgan, he actually told us right after the podcast last week that they have a Stranger Things mobile game. And I was like, "What?" So I went and I went and surprisingly found it on um Android. I thought it was an iOS only game. And I turned it on right after the podcast and uh I spent my entire rest of my Saturday pretty much playing that game. It's very Zelda esque. Um it's a very, very, very fun game. Um it's only about a six hour game, really. You you play after the first one happens, or after the first uh, season of the TV show happens. So you start there, and basically the point of the game is you are gathering your crew together, and you're gathering enough Eggo waffles to put in the sheriff's lockbox to resummon Eleven. And that's that's the point of the game, and it's it's absurd, just like the TV show, and it's just fun and very lighthearted. And there are a lot of little references to both the TV show and 80s things in general. Like, if you interact with the phone, which you don't really need to in the game, but it's just like, it's like any older game when you do searching. Um, it's You pick up the phone and it says, who are you going to call? Obviously a reference to Ghostbusters. And that's all it does, but it's like those little lighthearted head nods to the other game, or the other uh, media, such as other other movies and whatnot. But it's super fun. Um, and the nice, thing, the nice, cool thing is, if you beat the game, um, you find all these videotapes that are scattered throughout the world. You actually get to watch a scene from Stranger Things, Stranger Things season two that you can't see otherwise. I'm sure someone's leaked it out on the internet by now, but um, it was it was really cool. It was a really fun game. It reminded me. What is of- the actual? What is the actual gameplay? Like, is it just like expo- like adventure game? Like, you just, just think, Zelda. Things and- think Zelda. It's Zelda. Do you have like a weapon that you swing Literally, around? Literally, Zelda. Okay, okay. Well, uh, yeah. Everyone has a different weapon. Okay. Everyone has a different weapon. So like the like the uh, the sheriff or the chief, whatever you want to call him, he punches things, and you can get, um, but it's like a homing punch. So if you're like two or three squares away, and you go to attack, he just like slides and smacks an enemy. Or if you're using um, little Will, just he, like in the show. A... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy how they captured that. Or if you're using little Will, he can climb into little tunnels and no one else can, but he only kicks people. 
or if um, you're using Dustin, uh, Dustin has a different ability. Each each character has a different ability in the game, and it it was really cool. Like each character does certain things, so you'll you'll go through these like little dungeons, and they start getting more complex. And the you get as you get new characters, you have to use their abilities, but then you have to also use old characters' abilities too. So I wouldn't say so much as their puzzles as their they're they're more like environmental puzzles where you have to figure out, okay, I need to go into this tunnel, but then I go in here and I can't quite cross this point, so I have to shoot that switch across the way, kind of like Hyperlight Drifter a little bit. Um, how do I how do I get across there? Oh, I shoot it with um, this character who uses a slingshot, and then I can cross over there. But there are these two enemies, and they're only weak by this character, so. It's like that environmental puzzle type of aspect. It was super fun, short game. Anyone wants to play it and is a fan of Stranger Things, I highly, highly recommend it. It was a good Saturday spent playing that I game. Will... Yeah, I'll download it. I want to check it out. For sure. Yeah. I'm surprised Josh hasn't, of all people, because he loves Zelda. I've... I didn't even know you yeah. liked Stranger Things, I'm still Josh. super busy. Yeah, yeah, I love the show. I watched it with the family. And the whole rest of the family loves it too, but uh, yeah, we've just been so mm-hmm. busy. I've barely had a chance to play anything. I've still been playing, still been finishing up Cuphead this week. Yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah, I just, I just didn't have time to check it out yet, but yeah, I'd like to soon. Hopefully, hopefully I'll get to it here. Yeah, it, it's yeah. too bad it's not on but, PC because I just fucking hate playing games on my phone. So I and then that, that, that I completely understand because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. That's fair, but it's not like you're you're you have like this like. It's it's a little weird. It took me a bit to get used to. It's not like a directional pad on the screen. You actually touch with your left thumb where you want to go. So you touch and then your character just moves there. But it's very sensitive, so you could you could keep going to different areas. So okay. it's a little bit difficult to get used to, but then I actually appreciated it a lot more than the directional pad because the directional pad usually on your screen is so small. If you're getting into a fight and then you your thumb overextends and you're not hitting anything. You're like, why the fuck isn't he moving? Why isn't he moving? Oh, I died. It's not quite like that. So it's nice. But yeah, if, e- if you guys play either of those games, the Crash Bandicoot demo, which I highly doubt any of you will, or the Stranger, Thing- Stranger Things uh, mobile game, I'd love to talk about it further with you guys. Because both of them I'm, I enjoyed. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Good deal. Um... Let's see. I know as far as like uh, my week went briefly, the only really exciting thing that happened to me other than living life was I saw Blade Runner, which I wanted to tell you guys about. I saw the new... Uh, it's highly touted as being a masterpiece all over the internet. Uh, even though it, it made it all the right amount of money, I heard it was a bit of a disappointment in the box office, which is always kind of a bummer. Um, and honestly, I'm not going to go into get some long film expose here. Uh... But I will say that I definitely enjoyed it. I didn't want it to end. It was one of those movies where I was like, oh, man, it's over. That's too bad. But I definitely felt like I was missing a final act. Um, because I, Not that I wanted resolution, but um, they do such a good job kind of building up the uh, the antagonist. That I wanted to kind of see where it was going to go. Um, but like this, the cinematography from Roger Deakins, who's done a lot of incredible films, uh, is just... The, just everything they do with the world and the lighting, and it's just so beautiful. Jared Leto, uh, Jared Leto, I don't want to say his name, he does a great job. Um, I don't know, Ryan Gosling's fine. He just, 
I feel like Ryan Gosling doesn't do a lot. I mean, he's he's a fine actor just kind of looking around, you know? But he's not, like, he's not really emotive. Uh, and that's intentional. Um, but there's, you know, a lot of good performances in the movie. It's just, it's 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 pretty cool. The music, dude, I went back and I was watching some of the old Blade Runner, so I got to see what the old classic music was like. And it's like that weird, like, like, me and Shelby were talking about this, my girlfriend, after we watched the movie, that the music in this movie is so fucking grating. And I love what, you know, I love this, this, um, how would you describe Blade Runner? It's sort of like, um, it's right up my alley as far as like aesthetic goes. It's like futuristic, sort of like noir, a lot of neon signs, dark, uh, gritty city. It's, it's right up my alley, but oh, the soundtrack, it's just, it just hurts, man. It hurts your ears. It's going to give you a headache. I've been complaining about a lot of music today on this podcast. I've noticed, uh-huh. yeah. um, Again, I guess fitting, but, like, I challenge you to walk out of that theater and not feel like you need a fucking Advil. Um, hmm. But it was cool. I definitely would. Yeah, I I could have seen it. I, I saw, you guys are right about one thing. The 3D was not good. The 3D was hmm. not good. Um, the the uh, the biggest problem was that, you know how 3D naturally makes everything a little bit darker? Well, the movie yeah. was already really dark. So normally uh. if it's a if it's a bright movie like Avatar or something, it's not a big deal. But this You're movie missing was, stuff. Yeah, like the opening scene where we walked into the theater, we were a little late. It was like he was getting into a fight with the guy played by Batista, uh, and they were just like in this really dark living room, and it was really grainy and dark. And like literally, I had to squint to just fucking see, and I was like, "Oh no, I made a big mistake." Mm. And they didn't use a lot of the uh, cool effects, like the holograms and stuff, to to really get effect in 3D. So I definitely would skip it. But it, mm. it was, uh, yeah, I okay. really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, other than that, good week. Uh, stuff real quickly. Stuff I'm getting up on the Instagram uh, that I wanted to mention that is of importance. I have a, a pretty big new video coming up this week that I um, made with a brand new camera and a new lighting system that I have set up. I let's see. I posted about, of course, the Cuphead podcast. Uh, I gave a video of me and my girlfriend playing some Cuphead just because it's humorous and to get her. I love getting her analysis. Um, also I answered, uh, Bat Zach's question that he sent to us. That I wanted to go over really briefly. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I was just going to say our good friend, Bat Zach, listener of the show left us a, a message basically saying what, po- um, what will the Pokemon be a uh, game be that's coming out for the switch will be a traditional mainline Pokemon game, um, or an open world Pokemon game that we all want. Uh, and so I responded to him on the Instagram, um, by basically saying, I, I hope it's an open world game where I can walk out of the town and see the Squirtles playing in the water and the Pidgeys flying above the trees and the the Mankeys climbing the fucking trees. Like, I want to see that world alive. And so, the, you know, so do you guys have something really quickly you'd like to, to say in regards to that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I saw a fan. I saw a fan is, uh, remaking Fire Red, but he's doing exactly that. He is making it into a 3D open world game and you encounter pokemon in the wild and then you fight them the only bad part and it completely turned me off of the game is you you don't do like the turn-based summon moves basically it's live action mm. fighting so um, oh, that's cool. i don't know how it exactly works maybe it's each button controls one of the four moves i don't know but um 
there wasn't enough detail in the video. So I shouldn't say it turned me off completely. I just was like super hyped on it. I was like, holy shit. And then um, I saw that and I was like, ah, so it's just kind of like a hack and slash almost in Pokemon form. But we'll see if it actually gets made because Nintendo is obviously notorious for shutting down people who do that. But if that gets made, then maybe we'll get a glimpse into what it would really be like. But yeah, I forgot to tell you guys about that this week. I think the next Pokemon game is actually going to be a Pokemon racing game where um, basically they get into cars and motorcycles and they race each other. And instead of it like them picking up power-ups, they just use one of their four moves. You know, you might not be wrong. It's Nintendo. That's something they would totally do. What about you, Josh? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I don't... I don't see them straying from the formula at all at this point, ever. We will be playing the same Pokemon game from now until the heat death of the universe. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So Josh says no. What about you, Fish? Um, yeah, I can see that, Josh, but I would personally like to see it go into take on some MMO type of elements to it. Um, not like a full-on like World of Warcraft type of thing, but yeah, definitely move into a 3D world, you know, and um, interact with other players. Um, I think that would like be Kingdoms a lot of, of Amalur, kind of. Um, maybe hmm. in that's maybe in that style, yeah. Uh, just wander around the world, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I'm sure they could definitely bring a lot of the Pokemon character. Um, you know that charm, that Pokemon charm into a 3D world. I just don't know they could execute that as well, but I'm pretty sure if they actually devoted their time and resources to oh, developing yeah. something like that, that it, it could be something beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I wouldn't want it to be like a massive type of thing. Like maybe have like small, maybe go in the direction that uh, destiny's going where like certain areas you load into only a certain amount that, of whoa whoa yeah. you want in. pokemon yeah, yeah. to go into the direction of destiny <laughs> yeah i think that's actually where i want to see it you know big yeah. pokemon hunter just you know <laughs> blast their heads up pokemon raids yeah. blow them away mm-hmm. yeah get at the pokeball i, I, the I want the upcoming pokemon game I Ash, he walks world. into a crack house. Three Pikachu are strung <laughs> out on a bed. Rubber bands still wrapped around their arms. Oh. I, I, oh. I would love to see that be Fish's answer. Pikachu for... uses struggle. <laughs> struggle. <laughs> Ash, wow, distraught, calls Squirtle. Um, Fish, briefly, did you have anything that you wanted to mention? <laughs> Uh, at the end of the show here, premier week. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I I actually got to try out the uh, raid uh, the other night in Destiny Two, um, mm. with my clan. We actually did the guided games, so uh, three of us decided to queue up for the guided games, and um, it didn't take long to find three other people. Um, and the the raid we didn't finish the raid, so I'm gonna say my thoughts for as a whole because we only did two events we only finished one um and it was going on 
into the wee hours of the morning so i had to call it quits and um but yeah it's it takes a lot of coordination um and it's also very satisfying to actually do it um we did did the uh do it without me I don't. You didn't invite me. Either. <laughs> I never got invitation. It was, it, it was like two in the morning. You're not awake. Why the uh, fuck can, are you can still I make a awake? Request? Can I make a request, Fish? From now on, yeah. you don't call me. Do join clan. my clan. Oh, that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I was gonna buy Destiny two this weekend. Finally, I've been talking about it for weeks. So I'm gonna buy it. Ooh. Um, yeah, weekend. I would like to join your clan actually. But also, um. <laughs> Instead of well, well, you're instead- not welcomed. What? <laughs> well, Shay was like shocked by that. <laughs> I'm not welcome. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say, could you find the pizza pizza bros on the podcast? But uh, you know, from now on, instead of referring to them as your clan, maybe you can refer to yourselves as the fuck boys. Because fuck you. If I'm not invited, <laughs> fuck you. The fuck boys. Go fuck that's... yourself. Eat a dick. That's our new... Uh, well, the pizza bros, you know, we all deliver like pizzas. More like the pizza we hoes. <laughs> He's very protective of his pizza bros. Like, nobody gets in, nobody gets out. Bada bing, bada boom. Because yep. he's the only one getting in inside of them, you sick fuck. There you go. Well, that was a setup. You could have done that with a little more grace. I mean, come on, I was setting you up for the the joke there. I'm pissed, oh. god damn it. I know. <laughs> oh, sorry. Please get the game. Just please get the game, Shane. No, fuck you. I'm not playing that shitty game. Look what you did, god. fish. Oh, no, no. we were so close. God. Shay, you can be in my clan. It's the sword shop. Fuck clan. your clan. And fuck you know, fish's actual- clan. <laughs> <laughs> you know the actual podcast and website we run? We have a clan. Oh. Yeah. It's nice of our host. Morgan's shit. very happy there by himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not alone. There's, there's people in there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to lie. Uh, dude, how, this, two jobs and he's up at two in the morning doing the fucking raid. God damn it, fish. One of these days you're going to learn there's a thing called mm-hmm. sleep. It's yeah, it's good for your body. It regenerates you, heals you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, not to mention that, that your wife is just laying there, unconscious in bed, waiting for you, just asking for it. Yep, that's true, Josh. <laughs> she I may not say it. Temptation. She may not look like it, but she's asking for it. <laughs> oh man, that joke out of context is really gonna freak some people out. Um, yeah, that's okay. Uh, la- last week we talked about. No, no, leave, no leave, leave it out of context. Leave it out of context. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, what about you, Josh? Anything worth mentioning uh, at the end here? Uh, just, I've been playing some Overwatch this week more than usual just because I've been working on internet stuff, getting stuff, everything wired up, and uh, mostly just to test stuff because that's... It's it runs at a it uses a lot of network resources, like it's extremely streamlined on your PC. It's not hard on resources at all, but it uses a a lot of internet for a game. So I was basically making sure everything runs smooth because I've been having issues running stuff on Wi-Fi up here before. I finally finally got wired internet installed up here into uh 
into the office. Um, okay. So, yeah, I've been testing all that stuff out, making sure it works fine so I don't need to call them and get them to fix stuff. But I, I think we're good to go. I think I think we got that all straightened out. So, yeah, playing a bunch of that. It's been fun. The Halloween event started again, so that's been neat. Um, finished Cuphead, like you mentioned. Um, played through the first world again just to get perfect scores on it just to just because um and then played a little bit more uh um little nightmares which has been really fun um the first area was not my favorite it was all right but it's been getting better as it goes um so yeah i've been really enjoying it so yeah hope it hope it keeps keeps this pace yeah i definitely want to try that around Halloween, I think it's what my girlfriend liked to watch me play. Yeah, yeah. Looks uh, distinctive. Cool. Well, um, okay, it's been a fun show. Thanks for listening again. We, As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, please, if you enjoy the show, leave us a kind rating on iTunes or wherever you listen. Uh, the ratings do a great deal for us. And, uh, you know, I'm, prob- I'm out there trying to meet every single uh, one of you, especially on the Instagram, and kind of help grow our community. So it's been a lot of fun. So if I have reached out to you, uh, thanks for checking out the show. And, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. The one thing I will leave you guys with on this note is this whole week I've just been trying to – I've always been pretty good about this, but in particular this week I've just been trying to appreciate life, you know, all the little things, the small moments. Um, This week I I grabbed a huge jar of pickles and I sat down with my daughter and we ate a whole jar of pickles just because. And it was really stupid, but it was beautiful. And, I, you know, just all those dumb little moments in life, just appreciate every little thing because – you never know. Um, the next day you could be dead and people could be carrying chopped up pieces of your body uh, back to the colony. So um, on that note, thank you for taking from, some from time the to... From the um, On that note, thanks for taking some time to listen to the podcast. Uh, we love you all. And we will, uh, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Fish. Thank you, Shay. And, of course, myself. We will see you next week. Bing, bada, boom. Bada, boom.